Okay, stop the tape, please. Welcome to mini episode number seven. We had too much fun with Jen and Patrick, so I decided to make our interview with them a mini. Please enjoy. So Jen, why don't you go first? How long have you been a Weezer fan and why'd you get into them? I started listening to Weezer when I was in eighth grade. So it's been like around 15 years and I got into them because a friend of mine, Brenna, told shout me. Shout out. Yeah, shout out what to up, Brenna. Brenna. <laughs> I haven't talked in several years, but <laughs> Thank I'm going to do one of those too. <laughs> Great. Real soon. Yep. Um, she basically just like recommended it. She was like, have you listened to Weezer? And I was like, no. And she was like, well, you have to listen to the Blue Album. I was like, okay. I think she might have like played it in her parents' car while we were carpooling to school because that's what you do in eighth grade. Yes. Um, and Make them uh, listen to your music. Yeah. <laughs> and she always had really good taste in music. So I was like, okay, well, if she's recommending this, then yeah, sure. So I bought the Blue Album and I loved it. And then I bought Pinkerton and I loved it. My fun story about Pinkerton is that I bought it when I was like at the mall with my mom and my brother. And I was really, really afraid that they would see that the first track on Pinkerton was Tired of Sex. And again, I was in and eighth like, grade out, and I was like... mortified. So I was like specifically hiding the track list. <laughs> I was like, the cover has to be face up in the like in the bag or in the car so that she wouldn't see that. What a funny thing to hide for your mom. Like she would be yeah. interested in looking at what the track list well, is. Yeah. And the, the funny thing is I talked to her about that. Like after we put out our uh, Pinkerton episode, I was like, mom, this funny thing that I remembered. And I was like, what would you have done if you saw that that was the first track of the album that I was buying? She was like, well, we probably would have had a talk. I'm like, <laughs> cool. Well, then I don't re regret my decision so that <laughs> to hide that from you because that would have been so awkward. You spared yourself a talk with <laughs> yeah. your mom. <laughs> yep, I did it. Perfect. But what would that talk have consisted of? Probably, like, I don't even know. Well, Jen, sometimes men just the... get tired of sex. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not your fault. I hope that you had had the sex talk before eighth grade. You know, I would, or like, I don't even know that we ever like really sat down and had a sex talk. No. I don't know. We, I don't remember that. My, and maybe I blocked it out. My mom and I had one sex talk. There were two books involved. <laughs> oh, I had the, like, there was like an American Girl book that was like the care oh. and keeping of you and it was mm. like all about like puberty and all the things that go I, with that i, I didn't have girl. sex talk but that i think no, was in no sex talk a, whatsoever no i don't think i did either see i i think these i wish are i both, did i didn't have the puberty talk but it's different for guys but i it's still, had the puberty talk at yeah. school like they showed us the book that i got was like the most helpful puberty thing i got because it like explained everything in like very simple terms and mm -hmm. like had diagrams like yeah it was it, yeah it's like health, more of like a health thing which is yeah. good yeah but, and just like a don't freak out yeah is would be nice yes mm -hmm. and like Telling you things like there is no normal way to go through puberty. Like yeah. everyone yeah. is doing it differently. So don't feel weird. Right. Like that's important stuff. <laughs> yes. Or feel weird, but know that everyone is feeling yeah, yeah, weird. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like I'm old and I remember feeling weird. So like it's cool. Like we can talk about <laughs> right. it. Right. If you're, if you're feeling weird, just talk to me. I'll yep. tell you it's not. <laughs> it's 
or something. Yeah. You yeah. know. It's okay. You have impulses. You don't know what they mean. <laughs> it's fine. Yes. You'll survive it. But I grew up, I grew up religious, so we just like knew it was like you didn't you didn't do it, so there was no discussion or oh, so you got like an at home abstinence only situation. I just at church they told us that you're not supposed to do it, and uh-huh. so that was like the extent. There was no education yeah. on mm-hmm. it, and so mm-hmm. that was not. I would say that's like not that was not a good choice for me. Got it. <laughs> it probably would have been better to like have some discussion. Sure. Yeah. But oh, I also surprise think, education is better than not education. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> I also think because like my dad was religious, he didn't want to like in a man, he didn't want to yeah. talk about that. And then yeah. my mom was like, also, it was a different time and they just didn't talk about it. I don't think their parents talked to them about yeah. it. So yeah, probably not. I just didn't know what to do. Yeah, I it's feel a like a healthy talk. a healthy sex conversation is something that is more of now than it was mm-hmm. of however long ago. Yeah, and do you think that talking about tired of sex would have spurred a healthy conversation about sex? No. 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 Partially because I would have shut down. Yeah. I'm not I'm not listening or paying attention to anything like, that she says I'm once not we start talking about, about sex this. with your mom. <laughs> no. <laughs> I am my face is red, my ears are closed. <laughs> right. I've I've seen that version of you. <laughs> Yeah. And I think I remember at the time, like, why I didn't understand how you could be tired of sex or why you would be tired or uh-huh. what that meant, really. I mean, I obviously get it, but I I don't think I related to that song. Yeah. Which is no, I fine. didn't as an eighth grader either. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's a it's an intentionally hard song to relate to. Sure. Right. Like he's being about as weird and alienating as he ever is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, a on that record and B on that song. Yeah. God, it's great. It's such a good record. <laughs> and but, so, oh, sorry. Oh, no, I, I, well, yeah, I also wanted to just like hear a little bit more about like from, what was her name? Brianna? Brenna. Brenna. And picking up Pinkerton, like what was like your next step from there? Like yeah. how, how do you decide to get like more into Weezer? I just kept buying albums. Yeah. I like did Blue and then Pinkerton and then I, like I think I bought them chronologically. Actually, I think I might have bought Green and Maladroid at the same time. And then I was just like, yeah, no, I really like, I really like this. Like, this is the kind of music I want to be listening to as a like late middle schooler, early high schooler. Yeah. It like, especially like Pinkerton and Maladroit spoke to all of those weird puberty emotions Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I had. Yeah. So it it was just like a, once you start, you don't stop kind of thing. Sure. Like Pringles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Once you pop, fun don't stop. That's right. So what's your all time favorite song? My favorite Weezer song is Butterfly. Off of Pinkerton. Thank you. It's just one of those ones that like, no matter how many times I listen to it, I'll never, ever get sick of it. I just think it's beautiful. It is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It kind it's, of brings a tear to your eye if you're listening to it at the right time. Yeah, exactly. And it feels super, super different from like everything else they've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like any, any other time that you, we get like a really stripped down or like slow Weezer song, it doesn't quite have the same like sincerity or vulnerability. Yeah. It's so sincere and so vulnerable. And like, a lot of Pinkerton, I think, does have a, a fair amount of sincerity. Yes. And I think um, I think Red does, too. God, I love it um, when it feels sincere. Yeah. That's when it, like, really it gets hasn't, me. It hasn't felt really sincere from them in the past, like, since probably since, like, Maladroit. There are parts of felt... White that feel sincere to me. Me, too. There are some parts. Yeah, some. I guess that's true. And Everything Will Be All Right in the End, I think, has sincerity. I think even the Pacific Daydream does. Sprinkled. No, I'll agree to disagree. <laughs> 
Um, but I, I think that like the true sincerity I on can find Pinkerton, sincerity in anything. You know? <laughs> for me, it feels like their most sincere record is Pinkerton mm-hmm. and like the most sincere song on their most sincere album is Butterfly. I that would be nice if they could like do whatever they want to do with the Black album and then put out something else from like their heart now. Yeah. Even if it is a grown up point of view like that's fine have you did you listen to the song exploder podcast Mm -hmm. that we talked about on our last episode yes it's a for those of you who have not tuned into my name is weezer it's a a episode of song exploder where they talk to rivers about his um writing the song summer elaine and drunk dory off of the white album it's a really good podcast episode it's super interesting to listen to actually yeah i haven't listened to the rest of the i don't listen to podcasts Uh, listen to the the gorillas one about it's like the one of the newer songs okay from the album that i can't remember not this newest album but the album before it Uh uh-huh it's like a sad song and okay to hear damon talk about it so good i don't know if you're a gorillas fan but i uh really like some of their old stuff but i haven't really listened to any of their new stuff they put out it was good that was good i saw them live too so it was like a really good show. That'd be a fun thing to see live, I feel like. Cool. They had yeah. like 20 people on stage like <laughs> oh, singing so and dancing cool. and rocking and it was just ama- like amazing. So, yeah. Anyways, that sounds really good. Back to um, song exploder. But the the reason I bring it up is because I feel like what Rivers kind of reveals in his process of writing um makes me feel like there isn't going to be any more like sincere from the heart writing from him anymore because he's more excited about writing something and then finding out what it means rather than writing something that means something. I mean, and I'm always of the philosophy that like the artist is dead when we get the art anyway, like it only means what it means to you. It, you know, artist intent, I couldn't give a shit about, (laughs) but like, I am going to take in, I'm going to also divine my own meaning from what, whatever words he writes. But there is something there is something that's a bummer about like having it not actually originally mean anything. Yeah, or that he's like picking out phrases because they sound cool. Because mm-hmm. they're the right amount of syllables. <laughs> right. Also a like, huge bummer. What a, <laughs> like, what a yeah. Yeah. robot. <laughs> so I don't I don't even know if he's like capable of writing something like butterfly or like longtime sunshine again. Like oh, yeah. something that like has that sort of like real like honesty to it. It just doesn't feel like something he's interested in doing anymore yeah Uh, well i'm sure at some point they'll come like full circle back there that'd be nice (laughs) i just have no faith in that yeah (laughs) i feel bad that i've hit this point where i'm like literally in the fan club for this band have a whole podcast about it and have no faith that they're gonna do anything good ever again i think they listen to the fans i think it matters they're trying to stay relevant they're trying to keep going so they can do stuff like that he's doing these solo shows where it's a very intimate and talking to you. And I think he does care. I, I just think that also they have to make a living and yeah make the money. And so there's like a happy medium and where they can also hopefully come back to us and give us their, their yeah. heart. Are you, are you commanding Jen to not knock the hustle? <laughs> actually. Because that's what it sounds oh like God, to me. Oh my God, we just wow. cracked the Weezer code to what that song actually means. We Fair. all like it now. Like we all like the song now. Us, nope, still hate it. Yeah, still hate it. <laughs> I tried. So what is it about Butterfly? The sincerity, the, the differentness? Yeah, and I like that it's just like super stripped down and like I think it's soft. it's just him and the piano. And uh, him and the guitar, guitar yeah. In yeah. that one. Yeah. 
It's beautiful. It's just beautiful. How about you, Patrick? Uh, which which question? Uh, when did you get into Weezer and why? So this is my shout out to uh, someone I haven't talked to in 20 years. <laughs> so Scott Banaszynski. Shout out. Was, yeah, shout out. Hey, Scott, what's up? Um, also a bass player in ska bands at Tremper High School in Kenosha, Wisconsin. How many ska bands were there at Tremper High School in Kenosha, Wisconsin? <laughs> I would say at any given time, there were like seven. That's a lot. That's seven a lot. or eight. That is so many ska well, bands. So this is actually between uh, Tremper and Bradford. They're like the, oh, the two okay. main high schools. Yeah, actually a lot of Scott's band, Best Foot Forward. Scott, Scott. Scott, Scott. Scott, Scott band. Great. Best Foot Forward, which by the way, great, great name. name. Great yeah. name. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Good work, I recall guys. that, actually, from when we talked about this on our podcast. Um, Get it, though? Because it's, it's... It's good. Because you're skanking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just keep throwing your best foot forward and then the other one. And, but he, we, were, we were in music theory class, I believe, junior year of high school. Um, and uh, we were talking about ska, probably. <laughs> sure. Um, what and, else is there to talk about? And he said, hey, you know what band is really good? And I was like, what, Scott? Thinking he was going to say, you know... Some other some, ska, some ska, ska band. band. Some ska band. He said uh, Weezer. And I was like... <gasps> twist. Twist. Didn't know it was going to be Weezer. Um, and so this would have been like 1998, I guess. Okay. So they're just the two records out at that time. And I didn't like have any opinion on, on Weezer. I thought they were, as I thought most music was, mainstream bullshit, <laughs> right? Like if you don't have a full horn section and like a dude in a suit <laughs> dancing on stage, I'm not interested. I think I would have hated you in high school. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about this though. We would not be friends no. in high school. I, um, not that I was cool. I, I was like on the bowling you were, like, team. Ska hipster. Oh yeah, I was a total ska hipster <laughs> in high school. Here's the thing: my parents didn't don't listen to music, so I was raised in a house that was not listening to music. And my older sister doesn't listen to music. I have like zero, like none of That's it is so baked weird, in. By the way, I I agree. It is it so is strange. I had to find like I my friend Pete Farr um, was sort of my gateway into. Hey Pete, what's up? Uh, my gateway. Pete, in, they, he does still talk to. Yeah, yeah. No, Pete and I are very close. Yes, but like he was sort of my introduction to music, and he had an older brother who was like his. So like my lineage, my like introduction to music comes very much from Jeff Farr. So that's how I got into like ska and like, you know, 90s rap and stuff. Um, but yeah, so it was Scott Banaszynski suggesting that I get into Weezer and I picked up Blue and Pinkerton at the same time. Now, what made you say, I guess I'll listen to this mainstream bullshit? Mm, that's a great question. I don't know. I think it was just because Scott and Scott was a super Scott guy. Like hit the, the pants he was wearing at so the time. So you trusted, you trusted yeah, him. Yeah. I was like, you got my back. You're never going to lead me astray. <laughs> and so, yeah, I th it was just, it was on, on Scott's recommendation that I looked into it. So which one did you gravitate towards more blue or Pinkerton? You know, I'm not sure I really drew a distinction between them for years. I remember this one of the stupid, stupid things that i said in high school um or i guess like after high school once once green was out that i was like you know there's i you could play a, a weezer song i wouldn't be able to tell you which record it's from they're all the same false i know yeah. what was i saying or doing or thinking i had like, no does idea he have an english accent okay green <laughs> <laughs> is there no guitar solo okay green yes oof. uh yeah oof indeed <laughs> but uh so wait what was the question <laughs> <laughs> how did you get into well, well, so yeah. you're you're starting you're listening to these two albums and you just kind of were like, yeah, these are good. Now yeah, and 
I, I don't know that I like found them revelatory until like years later. Once I guess after like Make Believe was out, that I started to like look at the whole discography and start to like really dig into who Weezer was and like the identity of each album and really like caring about it. But I mean, at that point, that that was college for me. That's as I was doing this for you know, Ben Folds 5 and uh, Bare Naked Ladies and Radiohead. in general. Yeah, and like really wanting to know everything about it. So like Weezer was just one of those bands for me. Okay. Yeah, that was high school for me. Yeah. Yep, didn't, I mean, again, you need to have a, a horn section, two trumpets, two trombones. <laughs> I didn't have that distraction in my life <laughs> in high school. I had a really good friend, Sarah, shout out. And hey, she Sarah. was like obsessed about bands yeah. So she like got me into like the obsession side where like you've got to go to Tower and, the, <laughs> yeah. and you've got to get all the import CDs. You've got mm-hmm. to like find that section and I get them from England. I think it was a Tower. I think it was a Tower that I bought uh, Pinkerton from. We had a conversation many years ago where I was trying to remember what store I bought. Right. The, my the, Not my first, but Pinkerton from. And I think it was a Tower. Right. We only determined that it was not Sam Goody. Yes. Because <laughs> I don't think we had Sam Goody. Yeah. Goody don't got it. I feel like I got all my stuff at Tower too. That's that's such a fun like thing to discover that you can be obsessed with a band. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, it's not intuitive. No. You need someone to show you like, oh no, you can do this. And there are people out there that are trading bootlegs. Smashing Pumpkins for me. Big, <laughs> big on that one. Like of trading bootlegs. And- are Smashing Pumpkins fans Pumpkinheads? Mm, I think they were at one point, but I know Billy Corgan has really turned on the like classification of things. Yeah, well, for yes, the classification of all things. (laughs) (laughs) But on on like calling them pumpkin heads or like people in interviews asking him like, "So, pumpkin survived the recording?" (laughs) Oh God! Um, Yeah, I would turn on that too. Yeah, yeah, it's not a good. No, that's not a a good answer. (laughs) We don't have one. Thank goodness. I think it would probably be bad if we did yeah i think people want us to but i don't know we're just weezer fans yeah i'm good it's not (laughs) if you start calling me a wheezy i'll revolt (laughs) all right wheezy (laughs) i do have asthma (laughs) you're like but for other reasons so what is your uh favorite weezer song i'll go i I don't know if it's actually my favorite song but it is a song that uh hypes me up and that I like an awful lot, and I know a lot more than most, but The Greatest Man Who Ever Lived, off the Red Album. That's not what you said on our podcast. What did I say? Uh, Only in Dreams. Only in Dreams Uh. is also amazing. (laughs) So good. I like holding you that, because you are unsure every time you answer. I am. I am unsure every time. I don't... You have like a top five, probably, then. Maybe. I don't really believe in favorites. I don't have a favorite color. I don't don't like the concept, but... (laughs) I will I will represent my enthusiasm friend. Too. Like for some totally. for some people, like sometimes you just you know, and sometimes you don't know. Yeah, yeah. I have a million second favorite Weezer songs. Yeah, see, so it's yeah, I'm with you. Uh, but so the, why why but greatest, the greatest man, man who ever yeah. lived? I it is so like audacious and crazy that he's just making this. The, the whole song is just based on the one statement over and over again, which is insufferable. And like the ego behind that song is so big and so huge. But I really like the the musicality of it and mm-hmm. how it like changes every like 12 seconds around to a different style of music. 
And when it finally like pops into that like just straight up like Weezer sound, yeah, um, it's so satisfying and so freeing. And I don't know that there's any other Weezer song that has quite that dramatic journey. Um, like it's, I, I feel like it's one of the only songs that really takes you somewhere. The Future Scope trilogy, maybe. Future Scope trilogy is also great. Those they seem related. Those two. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yes. And Dreamin' off the same record yeah. too. Dreamin', Dreamin takes you places. Good. I don't know if it takes you on that journey, though, like Greatest Man That Ever Lived. That's true. A dreaming, like, it... Takes you to a meadow. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, though. Because, like, it, it is a rockin' song, and then it brings you down to, like, a more mellow place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, like, goes on a weird little journey from there. <laughs> so weird. But The Greatest Man That Ever Lived uh, is a straight line journey. Like, it, it's, it it's starts... It's a giant, long mm-hmm. thing of a build-up the entire yeah. time. Yeah. So that's... That that's that's what I would say right now in this moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, that's it's a my good favorite one. song. It's a, that one grew on me a lot. I really hated it at first. Like I had really to make, hated I had it. I had to at really first. make a case to you. Yeah. I mean, it didn't work at the time, but now I like it. <laughs> it is one of those ones that has to grow on you, though. Yeah, you, have you to hear it the to it first more than time. once, and you're like, yeah, you're just what like, is what is yeah. happening here? But then it like you listen to it more and you're like, oh, something is happening here. It's, it's and not it's even like super catchy too. Yeah. yeah. You're just like it is such an earworm. I'm, I'm into this. You know? It's also it's got that like uh Paul McCartney quality of like stapling songs on top of each other and yeah. being like, that's one song. <laughs> and that's uh, I, I don't you don't see that too much in pop music mm-hmm. at all. I mean just the fact that it is something more musically ambitious is mm-hmm. really attractive to me. Yeah. So do you think he used a spreadsheet for that or Ooh, do you think Ooh, Red was boy. written on a spreadsheet? I think probably a lot of Red was written on a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. I think oh, the this... back half of Red definitely was written on a spreadsheet. I mean, the back half of Red might be written on a napkin. <laughs> Who knows? I think that that song is one of like the most technical Weezer songs. Mm-hmm. That they... I would agree mm-hmm. with that. And you were talking about like the, the the changes. I think that he intentionally... Well, the story I heard, I don't know if it's true is that he had a music teacher who encouraged him and the, and the music teacher passed. And then Rivers was like, I'm going to write the best song ever for you and use all of the different music techniques that I can think of yeah. in one song and have it sound cohesive and good. And that that's the nutshell of that song. I like that story. Yeah, that's I'll very I'll buy into sweet. that. <laughs> yeah. I and like so that a lot. if you think of it like that, that's cool, right? Yeah. Like, and it yeah. makes it super technical with his eye for detail and and thought behind it. You're like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. and that it's all anchored by, um, the, you know, like the ripoff of this Copeland theme, the mm-hmm. um, uh, simple gifts yeah. melody. That like that that's really cool too. That like the, he's reaching for. I've mentioned this a couple of times on our on our podcast, but that like Rivers sometimes will reach for classical music references. Um, and this is, you know, one of the more blatant examples of that. Yeah. I don't know. I like the song. Only in Dreams is good too, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true, man. That Matt Sharp bass line in the beginning. Oh, so, so good. good. And so at the good. end. Yep. Yeah. And all the way through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it. All right. Well, I guess that's it for interview. Thank, thank you. That's, <laughs> yeah. I liked it. Good, good job. I don't know. We did it. Yeah. We uh, had, I, I had fun. Very fun. Are you having fun? I'm having fun. Let's okay, have more good. fun. Hi, everybody. I hope you enjoyed our mini episode number seven. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at We Are Weezer. Email us at weareweezerforever at gmail.com. Check out Patrick on Twitter at Patrick underscore Ellers. That's E-H-L-E-R-S. Check out Jen on Instagram 
at Just Klein Rocking. And she's also on Twitter at JenRock90. This will all also be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Brian, for the sound. Brian Becker, everybody, our audio engineer slash mixer is awesome. And he's the best and we love him. So thank you. Um, adios. We are Weezer. We are Weezer. We are Weezer. And I love you.